Star City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Licker Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. Uh, So we're going to be doing a little bit of Miles Bridges deep dive today. And the reason why we're doing that is because Miles Bridges' uh, restricted free agency is looming. And my confidence level for Miles Bridges being back with the team next season has gone down over the past couple of months from about 100% confidence he's going to be back with the team to somewhere around 85% confidence that he's going to be back next season. So, I mean, when we ended the season last year, you and I were both very confident that Miles Bridges was going to be back with the team. Like you said earlier, when he was playing that game against the Knicks, could we have imagined that there was even a chance that he would not be back with us next season? He's a part of our young core, and, you know, I think it'll be a travesty if he if he leaves in free agency. I, I still do not expect him to leave. I want to make that very clear. But I think there's, like, a reasonable chance that that happens which is terrifying. So I'm going to run through a little bit of a timeline with Miles over the past two months. On April 13th, the Hornets lost the play-in game to the Hawks by nearly 30 points. Miles Bridges was ejected and then threw his mouthpiece into the stands, which hit a fan. Not a great look. June 6th, he posts a picture of a purple drink, presumably probably lean on his Instagram. Also, not a great look. June 20th, Miles Bridges likes several tweets that say he shouldn't be getting paid a lot of money. An example, one of those tweets he liked is, in no universe is Miles Bridges a max contract NBA player. Take that as you will, Tim, but he was liking tweets that obviously he doesn't agree with. Um, so a little bit of like passive aggressiveness there on Twitter. June 25th, we're getting more recent. Miles Bridges takes the Hornets out of his bio. Typical clutch sports move. Uh, but nonetheless, pained me to see that, Tim. I want to see Hornets in his bio. All right, June 26, Miles Bridges' close friend and fellow rapper posts on Instagram a uh, picture, unrelated, but the caption says, forgot I put the shrooms in my food, man. It got me tripping. If Charlotte didn't, don't drop the bag, we go into the Pistons. All right, so he's talking about Miles Bridges going to Detroit Pistons, and it's his close friend. June 27th. Windhorse reports the Hornets will not be offering Miles Bridges the max. So, Clutch is kind of known to do this, Tim. It's a negotiation tactic of theirs to, like, pretend like the player is not interested in re-signing with the team. And it may or may not be working on Mitch Kupchak in the Hornets, but it's working on me, Tim. I'm more scared than I was a week ago. I'm pretty terrified that Miles Bridges will not be back next season. What are your thoughts? All right, so let me, uh, let me walk you out the bridge real quick. All right, so first of all, I would say when we traded for Montrezl Harrell, the idea was we we're going to pick a role partner. What we didn't understand is we were really getting a player that taught our young guys how to send very cryptic tweets and messages. <laughs> Second of all, who is another great player that got ejected from a game? And not only he didn't throw his mouthpiece, he spit on a young fan. 
And this was another guy that did not take off until about his fourth year. That young man, Charles Barkley. So we're going to spin it like that. And, yeah, so as far as the concern with Miles leaving, and, you know, Miles can send all the messages he wants, you know, via cryptic lyrics from his Jewel Santana. Shouts all my Dipset fans out there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really that worried about it because the worst-case scenario with Miles is that he ends up signing a three-plus-one instead of just a straight five-year deal. He's a restricted free agent which means that we are capable of matching any offer that comes his way. But yeah. Mark, what is the worst case scenario? What, uh, what if he signed the qualifying offer? That, that would maybe be the worst case scenario. I mean, my fear is that he signs like the four year max with another team. And we're going to get into like the details of all the, the contract stuff so that everybody can understand. But what if he signs a max and the Hornets do a typical Hornets thing and are like, we're not willing to commit that much money to a player. Um, So the four year max would be for $137 million. I could see it. Like I could see the the percentage chance of us just being like, Nope, that's too much. And the Hornets not, not matching that offer. And if we do that, we're letting a homegrown talent, uh, the second best player on the team at only, what is he, 23, 24? I'm not sure exactly. Um, let him walk. And that is the disaster scenario in my mind. We'll talk about that other disaster scenario in a second. But but that's what I'm truly terrified of. Because if that happens, um, it's going to be hard for a lot of Hornets fans to remain Hornets fans next season. We will still do it because we are, we, are, we are still doing the podcast, Tim. But... That's the nightmare scenario for me, and the thing that will that will make me question a lot a lot of things. Um, I think we should resign him, no matter what it takes. I hope we get him for less, obviously, but I think that if that deal is out there, we have to match it. Yeah, I wonder like how many other teams outside of the Hornets that this would even be a question. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, obviously, like, you know, Windhorse reports and obviously, you know, Windhorse is very plugged into LeBron, who happens to own the sports agency that Miles is assigned to. So, like, I mean, I not not directly word to mouth, but, you know, let's assume like telephone style pretty close to what it is. That's a little alarming. I don't think that any other team like, you know, maybe like uh, this pains me to say like the Kings, the Kings would have this concern. Mm. But I thought the Hornets were a little above this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I still hope we sign, but I will say, I don't think that Miles was our second best player last year. I mean, like, I would say Miles was all around through 82 games. I think he was our best player last year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could. Uh, that's that's pinching pennies here. Like, it could, it could be either yeah. way for sure. Um, I, I'm just saying he's better than Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Um, that was the <laughs> main point I'm trying to get across. And that he's like very clearly an important part of our core moving forward. And losing him, um, you know, again, like it's very possible that in three days this will all just be very stupid and this podcast will be irrelevant. But we have to talk about it because it's what I'm, what's on my mind right now and what I'm thinking about on a daily basis in regards to the Hornets. It's, you know, if we lose Miles Bridges, I also think that the Hornets lose LaMelo Ball down the line. Uh, the two players are extremely close. Not only are they friends, but 
Miles Bridges is our second best player. If the Hornets don't show a commitment to him, I think it shows that they're not serious about winning, and it'll show that to Lamelo as well. So that's that's my take on it. Um, we got to do whatever it takes to keep him. But Mark, what you're not considering is if we lose Miles Bridges next year, we'll probably be the ninth seed, which means we get the 13th pick yet again, <laughs> and that means that. Obviously, we wouldn't just trade that for peanuts. Right. You know, we wouldn't just trade that for like, I mean, so I'm viewing like, man, you know, five years from now, we might have someone that's almost as good as Miles Bridges. That's yeah, pretty that's, exciting. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare scenario. I, let's start, we're starting from there and we're working our way back to positive. All right. This is Hornets and Heartbreaks. So we're starting with the worst possible thing that could happen. And it's a slim chance. So, like, today, the Miles Bridges staying in Charlotte stock has gone up a little bit. In the Steve Clifford introductory press conference today, Mitch Kupchak said, as an organization, we love Miles. We are going to bring him back. I believe with his work ethic, he is only going to get better. Now, I think you could take that tweet one of two ways. You could say, okay, Miles Bridges is definitely coming back. I think that's, I mean, a reasonable, reasonable take on it. I also think that if you actually listen to the audio clip, he does not sound particularly confident when saying that, Tim. And that what else is he going to say, right, in that, in that situation? He's not going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll see. That's not, that's not the message you want to send to Miles. So um, I'd say I'm leaning somewhere in between that. I definitely took it as a positive that Mitch was saying that in an interview. But I also don't think it's like, okay, now it's 100% chance that Miles is coming back. Again, you know, if another team offers Miles max money, I think there's a ch- I think there's a chance, Tim. I think there's a chance that we wouldn't that we wouldn't match it. Um, from there, what, you mentioned the qualifying offer, so we've already extended the qualifying offer to Miles Bridges, which means that we have the right to match any offer given to him by any other team. And as soon as another team gives him an offer, the most stressful seventy two hours in Warren's fandom will begin, as we'll have a seventy two hour window to match that offer. You mentioned earlier that used to be 14 days, which was a lot longer. Now it's only three days. So if another team offers him something, we have that window to uh, match it. And if Miles doesn't like the offers by any other team, he could just take the qualifying offer, which is $7.9 million for next season, and just play for less money uh, to be able to be an unrestricted free agent in the 2023 offseason, basically betting on himself. Nobody really does that, but it's not completely out of the cards. Yeah, so that was one of the things where, like, when Chris Saps Porzingis was traded to the Mavs from the Knicks, people were like, well, maybe this isn't such a bad trade. I heard whispers that Chris Saps was going to accept the qualifying. Guess what? The last, like, top 15 pick that accepted the qualifying offer was Greg Monroe when he left the Pistons because they were asking him to play around Josh Smith in Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. So it was like, no one really does that. But at the very least, you know, if he was savvy enough, he, if he had the stones to do it, but I would think that I think worst case scenario for miles, like I'm going to put it like 95% chance he's in Charlotte next year on at least a three-year deal. My worst case scenario is that someone offers him a three plus one 
mm. with like a no trade clause. And then it's like, oh, we're stuck into a three-year deal instead of we could have had him locked up for five years. Which at this point, five years from now, that's like Miles Bridges' entire prime. Wow. And there is also the new uh, the new TV contract deal coming up in, I believe, 24, 25. So contracts are going to shoot up once again, similar to the uh, summer of 2016. And I just don't I don't I don't really see any way where this is a bad deal. I can't believe that the Hornets are even considering this. But I do have to say that Michael Jordan did sell part of the team to a guy that runs a hedge fund who has lost like 60% of his capital within one year. So Jordan was expecting a windfall of cash, and instead he's getting layover, essentially. Yeah, so I mean, for for most teams, I do think it would be a no-brainer. I think that's a good point by you about the uh, cap spike coming up in like 24, 25. So we're looking at this deal from Miles Bridges right now, and some people might think five years, 177, that's atrocious. Um, but it, it's not as much of an albatross as, as you might think, I think, with the cap going up in, in the years to come. And, like, Mitch Kupchak makes a very good point. Miles Bridges just gets better every year, dude. He just gets better every single season. And I think we need to have him. Like, if you're not willing to play, pay a player like Miles Bridges the max, who are you willing to pay the max? It, I mean, it's just like you have to, you have to do it to somebody, right? So – um, I hope I hope that we match any offer out there. I hope he's back, and I am relatively confident that that's going to happen. Just like like you said, like the five percent fear of it not happening just has me up at night. Yeah, and I just think that it's one of those things where it's like a no brainer. Figure it out later. What do you think the chances are? Like when Miles Bridges two years from now, he's not going to be a trade asset. Like yeah. you can't get like a top ten pick for him. He's not Ken Bazemore. It's yeah. like you know he's. Yeah, he's he's far better. And it scares me. Like, this is way down the line. This is like a negative, like, 1% chance. But, like, one of the only guys coming off a rookie deal that I could see actually accepting the qualifying offer and having enough money in his back pocket to not worry about it would be LaMelo Ball. <laughs> and that's, like, wild speculation. Like, I don't actually think that's going to happen. But, like, again, LaMelo was driving a Porsche to school when he was in 11th grade. Yeah. 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 So we'll have, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I, you know, the, the deadline of uh, free agency opening up is coming up and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Certainly the signs for miles have not been encouraging. I want to touch on that like one more time here, but I think that that's just like typical clutch sports clients um, that you're, that you're going to kind of try to use these sort of scare tactics of like, like these cryptic messages that you might be leaving um, to to uh, entice the team to move a little bit on the negotiations. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a GM, like I said, but it's working on me, Tim. I'm, I'm, I'm a little fearful. <laughs> well, I should say that, you know, if we're looking at technicalities, it's um technically illegal for uh, Mitch Kupchak to say that he's going to sign any deal. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, that, you know, the Players Association, that uh, – that subpoena, like, you know, that pushes down any, like, team, like, maybe the Pistons. And I guess we should mention the Pistons because, you know, Miles, born in Flint, Michigan, went to uh, Michigan State University, and the Pistons have the most cap space. Uh, James Edwards III, who was, like, the go-to reporter from the Pistons, pretty much said that, like, 
they don't expect any like any major like max contract offers from the Pistons. So that at least even you know even if he was fed bad information, there are only so many teams he can go to. And it's kind of about like you know we're twiddling our thumbs, we're waiting, yeah, for any team to like hopefully get. I I, I hope a team gives a four year deal, a max contract to Miles Bridges. Yeah, because then we have to then we have to max it. Um, yeah, but presumably. We, we should also bring up the, uh, you know, a guy on a roster that we are not big fans of, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, let, he got a three plus one, which is like a three-year plus a player option for the Utah Jazz back in the summer of 2014. And the reason that he left the Jazz is because he was he still held on to the rough feelings of yeah. not just being offered a full four-year max no-brainer back in the old CBA. So Miles, even if he's even if he stays with us, this could leave lingering feelings of pain. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, I can understand that. It, I mean, to him, it's like, look at what I've done for this team over the past two seasons, right? Uh, and I can understand those feelings for sure. I don't think he's reached Gordon Hayward in Utah status quite yet. But, you know, like Gordon Hayward is very clearly the best player on that team um, and was an all-star in that season. But... Uh, he's getting close and he's not, not too far behind. So if he, you know, feels those, that some type of way about it and it, it kind of seems like he does, uh, I can certainly understand that. And there might be some reparation work in our future to sort of fix those feelings um, with Miles Bridges. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's move on. Um, So we have some other news we want to discuss here, Tim. We're going to hit these kind of quickly. Picked up the team option on Jalen McDaniels to have him for next season. For only $1.9 million, in my eyes, definitely a good move. Saw that coming, uh, getting him for cheap, and he's a rotation player. He's somebody who could be the eighth, ninth man uh, coming off the bench, and he's still very young, has the chance to improve on any given season. Last year, maybe like slightly disappointing considering his injuries and just kind of staying the same, but he's still tall. You know, he's still, he's still a big wing who can shoot threes, um, and somebody who I – think still has potential to improve 1.9 million, not too much for Jalen McDaniels for sure. Yeah. You know, you look at like Steve Clifford, like you're saying it's a guy that loves to play defense and can't really shoot. Probably a good chance that he gets minutes under Clifford. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Next, next up on the list, Cody Martin also extended a qualifying offer like Miles Bridges of 2.2 million. He's a restricted free agent which means we get to uh, match any other offer by any other team. And it'll be, I think the Cody Martin free agency is like 
just as interesting, at least, as the Miles Bridges one, because I just don't really know what he's going to get on the market. Like, if he gets three years, $27 million, you said this earlier, I think he's probably gone. I don't know if we necessarily match that for Cody Martin. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what teams are willing to pay for a Cody Martin um, or if he's, if he's still here next season on a low number. Yeah, I could see definitely Cody being the WTF, like, whoa, like, you know, when like other like fans of like other teams are like, how did Cody Martin get that deal? Yeah. And then guys like Ryan Rustillo would try to be like, well, I mean, if you actually watched all the games, <laughs> that, con- that contract is definitely worth it. And then in February, you're like, yeah, Cody Martin's averaging 13 minutes a game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, depending on how, you know, smart or out of touch you are, I just think that, you know, Cody Martin is what he is. Hopefully he stays on there. I mean, hopefully, you know, I could see him getting anywhere from like two years, six and a half million to, yeah, like, you know, three years, 27. I mean, it just depends. All it takes is one crazy GM. To really, I really want Cody Martin. Um, and I, I have like no takes. I kind of think it's just like a, the situation where if he gets a lot of money, we're not gonna we're not gonna match it. If he gets a little money, we're gonna match it. I think that's that's the uh, situation on Cody Martin. And to be completely honest, I don't think it's a completely uh, a deal breaker either way. Um, you know, we've we've had our fair share of criticism of Cody Martin on the podcast, <laughs> mostly because of his like uh, too many minutes. He's a fine player. But at times he played too much and took away minutes from young players like James Booknight or Malik Monk. So, you know, if he's gone, I won't I won't shed a tear. I also, you know, hope we're able to retain him on a low number. I would love if like, you know, Miles somehow Miles goes to Detroit, Indiana somewhere, and everyone's like, okay. And then somehow Cody Barton ends up in LA and Steve Clifford resigns. He's like, I can't. I came here for one guy. <laughs> he's like, and he's gone, and he pulls a Kenny Atkins. He's like, no, this is too much. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the actual nightmare scenario: Miles Bridges leaves for a contract. Cody Martin gets offered three years, forty-two million, and the Hornets are like, we're definitely matching. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even worse, it's like Cody leaves. And then somehow, like the Lakers, like the Lakers signed Cody Martin. They take up all their all their money, and then Malik Monk has to come back to Charlotte, and he has to play under Steve Clifford. And Clifford just says, "All right, man, whatever." Gives him thirty six minutes a game, and he averages like eight points a game on thirty percent shooting. That's your nightmare like, scenario. That's your that, nightmare that is, scenario. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where it's like Clifford was right all along. <laughs> all right, we got deadlines for decisions on Kelly Oubre. And Nick Richards, Kelly Oubre, it's June 30th. Basically, we could either pay him uh, his full contract of $12.6 million or let him walk for $5 million uh, guaranteed. Um, I think we'd probably keep him, but, you know, crazier things have happened, but I think we'd probably keep him at $12.6 million. And then Nick Richards, it's July 5th, and it's $1.78 million or nothing. That one is interesting. I... I think if I were the Hornets GM, I would let him walk because we already have a number of centers, including our most recent draft pick, Mark Williams, Mason Plumlee, Kai Jones. I don't see why we need a fourth center on the roster, and I'm not sure he's shown enough to be deserving of a roster spot, to be to be honest. Um, so I think he's maybe the odd man out, and we speculated on that before. 
but um, I could very easily see the Hornets not not paying that. I think they they should not pay that. In in my heart, I'm like JT Thor is made in a lab for Steve Clifford to give him 28 minutes. But then I see Nick Richards, and I'm like, he might be our starting center. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we should say so over the course of two seasons, Nick Richards has played like 60 games, and in that time, he's been good for about seven minutes a game, two points, and a little over one rebound a game. Mm-hmm. And I think we both think he's terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, just, I mean, I just think he's not, he, he could be your third center, I guess. And I just think that we have more value in Kai Jones and, and Mark Williams and I guess Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley is definitely going to be around. I wouldn't be opposed to have taking, been, uh, taking Nick Richards instead of Mason Plumley, but that's not where the direction the Hornets are going in. So I just see no need for him to be on the team next season. We don't need four centers. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, especially when you consider, like, you know, PJ will probably get eight minutes a game at center. Right. Yep. Very, very good in, point. It actually yeah. actually just makes no sense. You should not be on the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, things, things have either gone incredibly right or incredibly wrong if he's there. It's like, if he incredibly right, it's like, Man, we traded Mason Plumley for like you know a late first round pick. That's insane. Or it's like, wow, we're really not going to play Mark Williams. Yeah. That's an incredibly bad move. Yep, yep. All right, James Booknight just had surgery to repair a tendon on his right pinky finger, and will miss the summer league. I don't think this is that big of a deal. Notice the words pinky finger, you know. Uh, but he did have to have surgery, and. That is disappointing. He's going to miss some playing time that he needs in the summer league to develop. So um, not great that Booknight's going to be out of commission for a little bit. Uh, he was definitely putting in work this offseason prior to that. But I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Hopefully he gets back on the court soon. No, I, I look on the bright side. This opens up a spot for Grant Riller to come <laughs> back and make a name in the summer league. No, like, obviously, you know, we, we joke. Mark and I both, we enjoy watching summer league, even though it's like the worst basketball on earth. But uh, it would have been exciting to see book night, you know, a year older, kind of take the reins. But uh, yeah, I mean, end of the day, I don't, I don't think it's like a disaster or yeah. anything, it, but it is sad. Yeah, I just wanted to watch him. I just wanted to watch him this, this summer for sure. Now our summer league team is slightly less appealing. Um, but I'll say, I... It, it might even help his trade value going forward because imagine if Book Knight just comes into summer league and averages like eight points a game on like thirty two percent shooting. Yeah, yeah, that would not be a good look. That would not be a good look. Um, Steve Clifford. So Steve Clifford had his introductory press conference today, and Tim, you just sort of been ruminating over there on uh, the other side of of Charlotte here about about Steve Clifford with the Hornets, and you had some some takes you want to get off or some thoughts you want to get off about the Steve Clifford signing uh, here at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very low on Steve Clifford, but I do want to also give him a fair shot. I think that like, it's very easy to like point out all the stuff he did wrong. Again, is the number one Malik Monk fan in the world. You know, I have this, but I will say, so he took over the 2013, 14 Bobcats. That's how long ago it was. And uh, people are worried about him not playing rookies. But as a rookie, Cody Zeller got 17 minutes a game. Mm. And then the next year, like, uh, 
you know, we drafted Vonley. Vonley did not get any minutes. He was also, even though I love him, he was out of the NBA by the time he was 25. Frank Kaminsky averaged about 24 minutes a game under him. Like, so, I mean, I think that Steve Clifford will give his guys a run. Even like Mo Bamba, who was super raw, got 16 minutes a game. Um, but I will say, so we went from the 30th ranked defense to the fifth defense. And granted, this is a different era. But outside of Kemba Walker and Al Jefferson, the three out of five guys that led our lead or led our team in win shares were Josh McRoberts, Gerald Henderson, and Anthony Tolliver. Yeah. We also, the next year, we had the ninth rating in, uh, in defensive rating, and we played Jason Maxeel a thousand minutes a game that year. We played Brian Roberts who was treated like Duncan Robinson, even though he shot 32% from three on only three attempts per game. I mean, like, these teams were bad. And, like, you know, there are a lot of things to track from Clifford. He does have his problems. But I will give him the credit in the press conference. He was like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I watched this team last year. LaMelo is fantastic. We are going to push the pace. And, you know, that could just be general like coach speak but i'm gonna i think it's fair to give clifford his fair due i mean he has turned some terrible teams into like solid defensive teams yeah you texted me earlier today man i forgot that brant brain roberts played uh so much for the the podcast you misspelled it brain roberts and i just thought i'd share that with the listeners Tim was in his bag, dude. I don't even know what Tim was doing at like 3 p.m. today, but he was <laughs> he was going deep on on some uh, Warren's Bobcat stats. So I appreciate I appreciate this research from you, Tim. I was I was on my Goodwill hunting, and I was just like, oh, I had like eight different tabs open. I was copying and pasting, and I was like, oh, I got I got a text mark. I was like, man, he was so good with the New Orleans Hornets. That's how long ago it was that Brian Brian Roberts was there. But no, yeah, I'm uh. I'm excited. One uh, one fun fact that uh, I did pull up as well. And this was during the 16-17 uh, season. Christian Wood, who was a darling that we wanted to sign instead of Gordon Hayward mm. when this uh, podcast started, he played under Steve Clifford for 13 games. He only got about six minutes a game. He bounced around a lot. But Christian Wood, who was like known as the worst big man defender of the league, I would love to reunite him with Steve Clifford. And Bring just him all Steve. back. Bring him all back. Let's see what Big Al's doing. Let's give him a call. See if he wants to come back, too. Big, Big Al? Big Al's not as bad, but uh, Miles Plumley was 11th on our team in minutes. Oh, his, yeah. His uh, third year. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone remembers Miles Plumley, if you think Mason is bad, just watch Miles. <laughs> All right, I think that's a good stopping point. Um, I got a trip to San Francisco coming up. I leave Thursday, and I'm coming back Tuesday. So we will not have any podcasts out in that time frame. Uh, Tim, I think you're also going to the mountains, so enjoy that. We will miss a little bit of a free agency buzz, but we will be back to cover it when we get back next Wednesday. Um, shout out to all the supporters of the podcast on Wino and Patreon, Xavier Harvin, T.C. Cunningham, Brandon Garcia. Austin Johnson, Dan, Dan Joseph, and Isaac Black. You, you can subscribe to our window to get text updates about the team and just about the podcast in general. Uh, the link is in the show notes for that.
Yeah, and uh, thank you to anyone that's taking the time to listen this long into the podcast. If uh, you could be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe. And I will say, Mark, I'm going to be totally off the grid, no cell phone service for like five days. But if Miles Bridges signs with another team, my spidey senses are going off and I'm running through the woods and we're recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll, br- I'll bring my mic to San Francisco in case that happens. The ultimate <laughs> Hornets and Heartbreak moment will occur. If, if that happens again, don't think it's likely, but I'm, I'm scared Tim. I, I, I stay up at night just looking through miles bridges, like tweets. And I just scroll through his Twitter, seeing what's up. Uh, but all right, Tim, it's, it's been real. <laughs> it's been real. Look, Mark, be safe out there. Peace. Thanks.